This is Jen from Grace for Single Parents, where your parenting and God's grace collide. Welcome back to Grace for Single Parents. Today I'm talking to Jody Rosser about an upcoming book she has called Depth, Growing Through Heartbreak to Strength. Welcome, Jody. I'm so happy to have you on. Oh, thanks, Jen. It's so wonderful to be with you. I've been listening to your podcast called Depth for quite a while now, and I really enjoy it. Yay. I'm so glad to hear that. Yeah. So you have an upcoming book and it walks readers through painful heartbreaks of life, such as divorce, cancer, miscarriage, infertility, others with the lens of God redeeming our pain. Yes. Can you talk a little bit about what that all entails and and how you got to that point to write a book? Mm, Yes, I'd love to. Well, first of all, I just believe that when we walk through heartbreak, God doesn't waste it. You know what? In the middle of my time, I've I've walked through three really hard heartbreaks. I would say my greatest heartbreaks are my divorce. I walked through a miscarriage between my two boys and a dear friend of mine was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer and then passed away four months later. And so all three of those heartbreaks were just shattering losses to me. But what I realized is through all that pain and all those tears and all the heartbreak that God didn't waste any of it. And he uses it in a, in a way to help others walking through their own heartbreaks. And so my miscarriage was where I realized that God doesn't waste our pain. I remember year after a woman ended up having a miscarriage and I just shared my story with her, like, well, this is what I did that helped. And it just brought her such encouragement. And I realized at that time, like, wow, I never thought that just by telling her what I did, that that would help her. And that was probably the first time I could see something redeemed. Right. And then with my divorce, I would say that's where I grew the most. I, it was probably the most shattering of the three heartbreaks and it just, you know, it it affects your family, affects your kids, affects just so much of who you are at your identity. And so I remember just being shattered. I felt broken. I talk a lot on about being broken and broken pieces. And I didn't, I just never thought God could take those broken pieces and put it back into something even more beautiful than what I thought it started with. You know, like I always thought, Oh, I don't want cracks. I don't want broken. I want to be perfect. But now I realize I'm God can use me much more when I am broken and share my story. And so God really redeemed so much through the divorce, really grew me, my self-awareness. Before that, I would say I was not self-aware. I didn't really know a lot about my own struggles and things. And God just through counseling and just diving deep into books and God's word, I just grew, grew my faith. And so that's why my podcast is, and this book is called depth because my roots grew so deep in the middle of all the pain. And Again, I think that you have to seek God to have that happen. It doesn't just naturally happen. But when you do, he is so faithful to meet us in the middle of it. And so that's what this book is about. It's everything I've learned through all the heartbreaks, all the truths God's taught me through all the books I've read. I dove into so many books and I thought those books were for my healing. And little did I know that they were also for my growing and my roots were just, you know, you don't see that, that you don't see that growth, that, that hidden growth under the surface, but it was happening. And then a couple of years after I read a book and it was talking about that deep roots. And I just was like, wow, it just was this light bulb went off. And ever since then, I love to talk about depth, you know, and, and I encourage people don't wait until you're in the middle of heartbreak to grow your roots deep. I mean, I do think that's where it happens a lot because that's when we finally um, surrender. And, but I do believe that we can have it happen all the time. And so that's why I'm so passionate about depth. And I hope this book will encourage another hurting heart. That's my hope. I'm sure. Well, it reminds me of the book, um, by Sharon Jane's What If You Don't Like Your Story. Have mm, you heard I of that? No, I haven't read that it one. I'll have to really add that good. to my list. Wow. Yeah. 
I love when I hear about a new book I haven't read. So that's <laughs> definitely going on my list. Yeah. You know what? It isn't a story I would have wished for myself. I don't think any of us that walking through a divorce or anything life shattering, you know, a death of a loved one, no one wants that. But now that I've walked through it, I don't want to ever go back and become the person I was before. So exactly. It, it did change me. And, 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 and I, it grew my relationship with my kids deeper. I think emotional literacy was birthed through it. We learned how to deal with our emotions in a better, healthier way than we ever have before. And I see the fruit of that now as my boys are getting older. I have one in college and one in high school. And there was a lot of blesses in the mess. I have a chapter in the book. I call it the bless in the mess. And I do believe that in the middle of the hard times, there are some blessings that you can't have when things are going well. It's only kind of forged and learned through the heartbreak. Yeah. And you can really only see them later too. Yes. Hindsight. Hindsight is such a beautiful gift. <laughs> so you talk about making a purposeful decision to trust God in your pain instead of running away or responding in anger, which many of us do. What brought you to that realization and how do we practically do that? Hmm. Well, let me just say that it wasn't like a quick little, oh, right away. I'm, you know, not going to be angry. I, there was a lot of anger. I had to process the anger, but I wanted to process it in a healthy way. So I didn't come out bitter. I think so many times bitterness is what comes from these heartbreaks. And so I just didn't want that to happen. So I knew that we had a choice, like run to God in your pain or run the opposite way away from him and just stay bitter and angry. And I just, I remember that day, that morning after the, my whole world was shattered and my world fell apart. I just journaled like, God, I do not want to become bitter. I want you to use this pain. I, uh, at that time, pastor Rick Warren, I go to Saddleback church and he sadly had lost his son to suicide. And he had preached this sermon when he came back in the fall, he passed in April and that September, it was one of his most powerful sermons. And I remember just loving hearing. And at that time I wasn't walking through anything hard, but I was taking notes. Little did I know that four months later I would need those notes. And I remember that morning scouring my house, where are those notes from that sermon for those ser that series of sermons? And I found a couple of them and it was talking about how God doesn't waste the pain when you run to him, when you seek him in the middle of it. And I didn't really fully understand what all that meant, but I just knew that meant asking him into it. Like, God, I invite you into the pain. I, I ask you to help me through this. I don't want this to destroy me and become bitter. I want this to grow me. I didn't really even know what I was writing at the time, but I believe that's what he did. And I just tried to every morning start the day with asking him into it. I feel like I was barely hanging on. Maybe you can relate, but like you get out of bed and you just have this weight of the world on you. You're now a single mom. You've got kids who are grieving. They're also in heartbreak. And you have to now help them and guide them. And you're walking through something so hard yourself. It just felt like some days I was like, I don't even know how I'm going to make it through the day. So just asking God, give me strength. It didn't, it wasn't like these life shattering um, or these lifelong, these big, big prayers that lasted hours. I mean, it was like some mornings, some mornings he'd get me up at five. I do have to say I had a lot of sweet early morning time with God before my kids would wake up sometime as early as four or five in the morning. And I look back now and realize that was such a beautiful gift. And I always thought, oh, I'm going to be so tired all day. And for some reason, God gave me that energy to make it through. I, I don't even know how to put it into words, but the, um, just asking him for strength, asking him for wisdom, you know, what, how do I help my kids? How do I, how do I, you know, being wise and who I'm sharing what with and just, just seeking him. I remember reading tons in my Bible and tons and book, tons of books, but for me, books, I, I don't know about what it is about it, but reading someone else's story and seeing God showing up for them and then knowing, okay, you know what, if he showed up for them and he was able to get them through their heartbreak, then he could do the same for me. If he was faithful to them, he's going to be faithful to me. And so it just, it just like forged this like excitement of like, I, God's going to be here for me too. And, and I would see it, I would read the stories and I would have this strength and this encouragement and this hope that I didn't have 
on days I didn't read, you know? And so my kids at that time were little, they were um, first grade and fifth grade. So they would go to bed at a decent hour, right? Like now my teenagers were up super late, right. but back at that time, you know, I, they were in bed seven thirty eight. Seven, seven, thirty. You know, so I was then read. So I would read until I would just collapse in bed and fall asleep, and then I would start the morning again, reading again. So I really did. I think bookend it. You know, my mornings mm. and my nights, just seeking God, and and it was some mornings. I do remember a couple mornings just getting up and not having time, and those were harder days. I realized, even if it was just a quick prayer of God help me, you know, it didn't have to be a long quiet time. So that's how I practically implemented it. I. I journaled a lot. I think journaling's huge, huge. Uh, for me, it was a way to get out my emotions. I think it's important to feel the feelings. So when you are angry, write it. I'm angry. This isn't what I wanted for my kids. This isn't what I wanted for my life. But then don't leave there. Don't stop with that. Like keep writing. God, help me release the anger. Help me turn this into something that you're going to help someone else. Maybe someone's coming behind me in a year or two and I can help them, but I got to heal first, you know? And so I would just, I, I would start as like a anger a lot of times, really mad, you know, even swearing. I mean, I would just be real mm-hmm. in my journals and then it would turn into a prayer at the end of God, help me not stay stuck here. Help me work through this. Help me grow, heal. Like just those were, I, yeah. anyways, that's, I think was one of the ways that I practically did that. It wasn't easy. It wasn't a, one step thing. I, I, I'm one of the things with my book, I'm hoping when I talk about, you know, seeking God that they don't think it's just a, Oh, one and done, you know, this is a daily practice. And it, it, even now, years later after the divorce, there's still parts that you have to grieve, right? It's the waves are not nearly as strong and as current, right? They, they seem like they were drowning me at first. I remember saying, I barely could keep my head above water. Like that's how people would ask me, how are you doing? And that was how I describe it. I just barely am breathing above water, but I'm the way are hitting, but I'm not drowning yet, you know, but, um, but I just would say, you know, it's going to take time. Give yourself the time to really grieve, process the hard emotions, seek counselors, seek wise people and give yourself that grace. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about shame, because I think that that's a big win for single moms, whether it's admitting you're a single mom or you've been through a divorce and then of course, you know, other things as well, but what did you learn throughout your journey about the shame that comes along with being a single mom? Yeah. Oh, shame was big. You know what? I remember being so embarrassed that I was divorced. Like that was not something I wanted for my life. And I was, you know, people knew I was a strong Christian that we went to as a family to church. And so it was just, it was like, what are they going to think? What is, what are people going to think when they find out? And I was really, really, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Not just I was worried about what other people would think probably more than I should have been. But at the time we kept everything real quiet for the kids. They weren't ready to kind of like let their friends know yet. So it took a while before we really shared it publicly, which I, again, is my, again, close friends knew family knew, but like, you know, it wasn't something that we had just blasted from the top of our you know roof. Hey, we're now divorced, you know, yeah. but, um, but there was a time I remember where I was, I knew it was going to have to be shared. And I, it was, I was not wanting people to know, but I, I remember going to this, um, convention, this retreat, it was, um, what's it called? Uh, uh, why am I can't think of the word like a, a woman of faith conference. That's it conference. Okay. And, and I, I went, Lisa Turkers was speaking. She was one of my favorite authors. I was so excited. I had no idea this lady, Lisa Bevere was coming on. And, and at the time I didn't know she was now, I just love her books, but she got on and talked about spiritual warfare and it was just so powerful. And she was talking about how sometimes, you know, something will happen in 
Satan's using that to shame mm. us. So it's because he doesn't want us to become who God wants us to become. And at the time I felt unused. I would, I really thought like, how could God use me? You know, at the time I had served in church in the children's ministry, I still did, but I was like, how could I really be a voice for him? Like, I just felt shut down. I felt like I was not usable. Well, after hearing that, I'm like, you know what? I think Satan's trying to shut me down because maybe God has big plans for me. And this is his way of stopping me. And it was like this marked moment in time where I remember saying, Satan, you almost had me. But you know what? I may be a broken pot, but God can still use me. Mm -hmm. I may be a broken vessel, but God can still use me. And I remember just chanting that and having this freedom lifted off of me. Well, then I realized, you know what? I still haven't told people yet. And so it was even though I had this epiphany of God can still use me. I hadn't told people. And so it was one of those early morning times with God, like four or five in the morning, woke up, spend time with him. Most of the time I would journal, but this time I felt like God saying, go to your computer. And I just started writing and I wrote about being vulnerable because most of us in life don't like to be vulnerable. We don't want to share our junk, right? It's like this on social media, everyone shares the happy, everything's going well. No one shares the hard things. So God just asked me to write honestly where, where I was and send it to everyone on my email list. And I was like, what? And so I remember writing the post. And when I felt like he was telling me to do that, I was so scared, but I was like, okay, you know, at that point I just was trying to be faithful. So I remember sending it and going to take a shower and just being in the shower and being like, oh crap, what did I just do? Like, <laughs> and in my email I wrote, so there was a quote by Stephen Furtick. He's talking about how we always want to share our highlight reel, but really no one shares the behind the scenes footage. And so that's when I wrote, I'm going to share behind the scenes. And I just told him about how our family was walking through this heartbreaking divorce. And I just laid it all out about God was meeting me in the pain and just very vulnerable. So when I came out of the shower, I went to my emails and there was tons of responses, but and not, not judgment, nothing. I thought in my, in my head, I'm thinking I'm going to be judged. People are going to be like, what? But people were vulnerable back. Like some of the things they said, they never shared with anyone. I've never told anyone this, but since you were vulnerable with me, let me be vulnerable mm -hmm. back. And I remember sobbing as I read these emails of like, wow, God, when we are vulnerable, this connects us, it breeds connection, not judgment. And so I realized that at the time, I thought people would judge me and be harsh, but they were actually very grace filled. And so I realized I don't want to live shamed. I don't want to live in that shackle of shames. I want to live by grace. And so it just was a really powerful moment in my time. And that's kind of what birthed my first, that was my very first blog post. I turned it into a blog and sent it out. And then little that I know that God was going to through all that, even write a book through me. But I just, there's a section in my book. I'd use this word strength and I turn it into an acrostic and the N is never lose sight of God's grace. And I think for someone that's walking through something that has shame attached to it, like divorce does, you know, don't lose sight of God's grace. He can use you. You are not because your divorce, actually, this is what I want to say to someone. The divorce is not going to say that God can't use you. If, if, if anything, it's going to be the very ingredient he uses for you to help someone else because no one wants to talk to someone that has it all together. And so when you're vulnerable and you admit like this has been hard and I had to learn a lot about myself along the way, but then you're vulnerable and you share that God's going to just have another hurting heart be touched by that. So you're, it will actually help you be a better um, witness for God. Like, that's why I think about with that broken pot, like the cracks, those very things we don't want people to know about us are the very ways the light shines out. And then they see, wow, you are still shining bright for Jesus, even though you're walking through something you didn't want for your life. And yeah. that releases the shame and makes it usable by God to help someone else. And that vulnerability is so beautiful. Yeah. And the more we tell people, safe people if needed, but people, yes. the secret, it can't fester inside of you anymore. And the enemy can't use it against you when you've exposed light on it as well. 
So true. And I would just say, be cautious how much you share. I was very, in that email. All it said was we were walking through a divorce and the way God was meeting me in the pain. I didn't give a lot of details. I think you got to be really careful what you share. You've got kids involved. You got to guard their hearts. You got, you don't need to mm-hmm. share all the details there. No one needs to know all the why, why it happened. Just that God's meeting you in the middle of it is the part that, that really is going to be the part that someone's going to relate to, you know, not all the details, if that makes sense. You have yeah. to kind of, but I do believe that when we honestly share our stories, we help someone else, you know, we help another hurting heart. I do too. So while you were walking through your divorce, you had what you called an accountability partner. Yes. And you called her first, I think. Can you tell us a little bit about what that is and how you find a relationship like that? So my friend, Aaron is my accountability partner and we served together in treasured a Bible study for young moms for years. And we were friends and we just started, you know, kind of growing our friendship. And I remember about a year before everything happened before the divorce. Um, and that night that, you know, things kind of got turned upside down in my home. I remember we were on a vacation and we were just texting. I was sharing her things and we were just texting a lot back and forth. And I finally said, Hey, do you want to be accountability partners where we just pray for each other? It was just kind of more like a, cause I was asking for prayer about something and she said, yes. And so that's where it started. And then that year before we started doing prayer walks where we would meet and walk in the morning and she'd share what's going on with her and I'd share what's going on. And then we would just pray over it as we were walking. And that just kind of also grew it. And it just really trying to keep each other accountable of, you know, being in God's word, um, you know, again, just whatever that person needed from the other person, we would kind of hold them accountable. So we would say like, I need you to hold me accountable that I'm going to try to get up every morning before my kids and read my Bible. Or I want you to hold me accountable that I'm going to get up and go walking. You know, I need the exercise or, you know, whatever it was, it wasn't always spiritual. It could be physical. It could be emotional health, whatever you needed to have someone kind of keep you healthy, you know? And so, um, so when everything happened, uh, she was the first phone call. Yeah. I called her and, and it was, we had been praying fervently for my marriage. And so it was hard to call and share that it didn't, I didn't think that God was going to be able to heal what I, you know, the news that was just shared. And so it, but I believe that he had been preparing. It wasn't like that night I called her and asked, can you be my counterpart? This is what's going on. Like the years before we had already formed this tight friendship and partnership and prayer, you know, really putting God in the center of that friendship of prayer. And, and so I do recommend doing that now when things are good, because you don't know when the rug's going to get pulled out from him. You don't know when something unexpected is going to happen. It can even be the loss of a parent. Um, There's so many losses that are unexpected. I feel like that many times we don't know the storm's coming and then it just hits. Right. Mm-hmm. And so to have someone in place that you have a similar faith, you guys, you love, um, the way that they have, you know, their, their walk with God, I would say it needs to be someone like that where you would, you guys would compliment each other. Yeah, that's great. I have a friend who, when we are going through something, we'll just say, Hey, can we meet and get the ugly out on the table is what she says. I love it. Let me get it out of my system away from the dark. Tell another person who's completely safe. And yeah, it's, it's so good. Get the ugly out on the table. I love it. You know what? We share everything with each other. And you know what? It's funny. Sometimes the things we say, we laugh and go, I just so glad I can say this to you. And there's no judgment, you know? And vice versa. We'll laugh about some. So it's important to have a friendship like that, where you can be completely honest, because if it's not shared, that's where Satan likes to come in and try to turn it into something bigger than it needs to be. So just being honest about our struggles and things that are, or even just things that are going well, like I love to share the happy things as well. You know, it's just a neat friendship. So 
I love that. I love that you have that too. It's important. And you guys, it could be someone that you just meet at small group, you know, a Bible study, like, you know, just slowly start to seek out someone that you connect with. Yep. That's right. So do you have any last words for single parents that are listening? Well, you know what? One of the things that I would say is, especially if you're divorced, you know, there's big chunks of time you don't have your kids. And I would say just as much as I would say, be intentional with the time you do have them, be intentional with the time you don't have them. Like, what are you doing with that time? Are you uh, investing in yourself? Are you reading books? Are you going to places you know, that are going to fill you up. Like I love to go down to the beach and read and I throw rocks and I release things. You know, I, I throw rocks for each of my kids each time for just prayer for what's going on in their life. And that's my way of surrendering them to God. And I'm just real intentional about my alone time because it can be lonely and that is hard. And now that my kids are older, my time without them is more and more. And so I got to be intentional about how am I using that time? Um, it's easy to, find yourself feel kind of woe is me. And it is hard. It is hard to have huge times where you're alone, you know, but God can meet you in that time. And honestly, my big weekends were there away with their dad and they would go up North to their grandparents. It would be like four days sometimes. Oh, I would always go, Oh, I cannot wait. Cause during those weekends, God always had some big thing that would be revealed to me. One of the times was the broken pot where I read a book and it was Susie Eller's mended heart and that, and that weekend I broke a pot. I physically broke it and had this huge revelation. Uh, You know, there was, there was these moments where God would just speak truth into me. And I was intentional though, to read and to really seek him. And you know what? I also did a lot of fun things with friends. I would say you need to make sure you're surrounding yourself with community. So don't just, you know, do the whole weekend alone where it's just you and God do something fun, go out to dinner with friends, go to a movie, do something that would fill you up and just really take advantage of that time that you um, can invest in yourself. Cause not everyone gets that. That is what's one of the gifts. So don't waste it, you know, but I definitely would say intentionality on both ends. Cause when you have your kids, you want to be just as intentional, but that time alone, just, just you and God and you and friends. Yeah. And there is often a pull to just stay inside, stay home, withdraw. But I love how you approached each weekend with what does God have for me this weekend? Mm -hmm. Instead of like a dreading feeling, you were ready to meet with him. He shows up big. Like I'm telling you, I would be so excited because at the end I'd be like, I can't believe another one. Like, wow. Like each time it just felt like he outdid himself than the one before, you know, and, and, and instead of being sad, you know, I remember over the summer, they were gone for a full week. And I was like, really like, wow, a whole week, you know, how, what am I going to do with myself? And I'm telling you, there were so many God moments that week. I couldn't put it into words later. I was like, wow. So just be expectant of it, but seek it. You know, it's not going to just fall in your lap. You have to be in God's word. You have to be Uh, or listening to, you know, you even listening to sermons or podcasts or just what is going to be a healthy way for you to spend that time, you know, versus like you said, withdrawing. And there's nothing wrong with watching a show. Like a lot of times I'll pick a fun Netflix show and spend some time doing that too. I mean, it doesn't always have to be something, you know, super spiritual, but I do think it needs to be both. You know, it can't just be mindless stuff, you know, Mm -hmm. it has to be, I I do believe God shows up big though in those times. And for me, that's been some of my most growing times. My roots grew deeper than ever. I think when it's just me and God, I love that. Thank you for being on. Where can listeners find you? Oh yes. So they can go to my website, which is jodyrosser.com. That's J O D I R O S S E R. And then I'm also on Instagram and Facebook at jody.rosser. So I'd love to connect with him there. Um, my podcast, if they want to look up depth, 
D-E-P-T-H. I do have a Facebook group, so I love to connect with people there as well. Uh, uh, yeah, I would love to encourage other moms, especially single moms that are, you know, we're in this together. It's not easy to parent by yourself. And I would love to be able to offer them encouragement. Great. Thank you. If you're a single parent, I invite you to check out my free ebook, Parenting Alone with Confidence. You can find it on graceforsingleparents.com and it'll be in the show notes. Thanks for listening.